Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, happy Monday. It's another week and another week of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi and Super Talk Hattiesburg and supertalklaurel.com. We're glad you're with us wherever you're at on this cold and rainy and wet afternoon here in South Mississippi. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad to have you aboard. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. Great food seven days a week. Had some this weekend, and uh, it was just like it always is. Fresh, hot, and delicious. You can enjoy uh, Dickies in their drive through in their dining room, or home delivery. But however you choose, just be sure you choose Dickies Barbecue Pit. All right, we want to start the week off with uh, one of our very favorite people, and that's uh, head baseball coach Scott Berry. Happy New Year to you, Coach. Happy New Year to you, Bob. Well, we're always glad to have you on the Eagle Hour. Big news broke last week uh, with Conference USA Baseball. And uh, in this era of COVID that we live in, uh, we're all waiting for baseball to get here. But it's going to be in a little different format. If you can, Coach, kind of review for listeners who don't know uh, how the format is going to change uh, for scheduling and, and your thoughts about it. Well, you know, obviously, I think everybody's schedule across the country, the adjustments are very fluid. Uh, day in, day out. What what we have today on paper may and probably won't be what we had uh, or what we'll have tomorrow. I mean, prior 15 minutes ago, I just lost two more games on the schedule. So trying to put these things together is is probably the biggest challenge for those that are dealing with, with scheduling in, in our sport right now. But Conference USA has, uh, and it hasn't been approved yet, it kind of leaked out. Um, honestly, a little premature, but the presidents and the board, I guess it would be the, uh, the board of Conference USA has to approve it. But the ADs did approve last week of us going from a 24-game conference schedule to adding eight games to making it a 32-game, with that being uh, the eight weeks that we play Conference USA weekend series will go from a three-game series to a four-game series. So... Uh, that what it, what it, what happened with that in my in, in in my own situation was is all of a sudden I had to get rid of seven teams that we were scheduled to play because I was already at 55 games and adding eight games to that created 63. So we've been having to shuffle around just like all the other conferences mm-hmm. uh, to try to try to make this work. Uh, you know, we we are still able to play 56 if we can find 56 to play, and we can uh, still play. Uh, well, 20. What are we? It'd be 24 non-conference opponents in that 56 game. So I think what you have to be careful of, and all of our coaches in our league kind of agree with this, is you you've got to be careful with adding an extra game, four games on the weekend, which are going to be your most important games that you got to be careful in your midweeks and not get too many of those because you're mm-hmm. going to start getting a lot of innings uh, going into that weekend. 
Coach, is the thinking that uh, you have more control over conference scheduling, therefore you add conference games, less control over what other conferences may do? Well, I think there's several things that went into this. Number one is is that there's less testing because you'll play less opponents, and there'll be more. There'll be less uh, contact that you'll have with other programs and, and and other places that you go to play, or them coming to you. So, the amount of testing will be will be shortened a little bit. I think also uh, the money. You know, you're playing four, you're getting two for one on that Saturday with a doubleheader versus uh, if you didn't play one in the middle of the week, uh, and you won't be able to because you're adding eight games to the conference schedule, then that limits the the travel expense that you're going to have there. So I think, uh, you know, overall, given the situation of everything that COVID has brought into our lives, and particularly athletics, it was a good move on our conference to do that. And we see other conferences doing it as well. You know, the Southland Conference uh, that surrounds us with several opponents, uh, they upped their conference to 40 games. So they went from 30 to 40 games. So now if they were at 56, those coaches are having to cancel 10 games. So that's basically what just happened to me, UNO, and I. We just got off the phone, and, and they had to cancel us. Uh, the home and home that we had with them this year. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just everybody's just having to make those adjustments. All right, so to clarify, it'll be a Friday night game, a doubleheader on Saturday, and a Sunday game. That'll be the format? It'll be the format, yes. Okay. Luke, get in here. Coach, those Saturday games are, are seven uh, inning games from what I read. Uh, how does that change your approach? Um, are you in favor of a, of a doubleheaders, or you, you like playing one game per day? Well, obviously, I'd like to play one game per day. Um, if we're going to have to play four on a weekend, there's, there's no way you can do that uh, unless you add a day, and that's going to be costly in your travel and your, your hotels and everything else. We're one of the few schools in our conference and, and one of the few schools out of 300 across the country in Division One that actually make money or are close to breaking even. So, you know, double headers don't do us any good. And, and that's one of the reasons that we really pushed for synthetic grass a year ago is to try to alleviate the, uh, the double headers and, and that we could make those gates and play those singles. But unfortunately, you know, COVID has caused us to adjust as a conference and, and, and several conferences into having to play those double headers. So uh, I would rather play singles, but it, you know, it is what it is, Luke, and we'll, we'll roll with whatever they tell us. I could be wrong on this. I just was looking at some uh, previous years. It looks like you played 10, uh, normally played 10 uh, different teams in Conference USA. And so I guess, you know, everybody right now is kind of, you know, wondering about the schedule. Uh, two, really two-part, Coach. Uh, when can we expect possibly the schedule to be released? And do you think it will put some teams at an advantage or disadvantage because uh, they're playing two less opponents during the season in conference? You know, of course, it, it all depends on who you're not playing. But any given year, as you know, everybody can, can, can beat Anybody can beat anybody. So, uh, you know, I think as far as the schedule, first part of your question, I think we're getting pretty close uh, because those that are on my schedule that I was worried about whether we're going to be able to play, uh, those are pretty much uh, uh, guaranteed now that we will. There are a couple of non-conference weekend opponents that I'm still kind of waiting on. Uh, Like I said, this thing is kind of fluid. 
and it could change at any time. Uh, even as we get closer to opening day, it could change. Uh, you know, if numbers start spiking, I mean, people have built in their contracts because of the pandemic and the, uh, the COVID that things can change without penalty. So I think right now the schedule I'm looking at is a, is a really good schedule. I will tell you that we were scheduled to play Florida State on the third weekend uh, at, at Florida State, but that got canceled last Thursday mm. because the ACC has now gone to 12 weekends of, of three-game set. So that that took away our, our, our weekend within the third weekend. They'll be in conference. So we have picked up another opponent. In, in place of Florida State that we're going to do a home-and-home home with. I, I don't want to announce it right yet, but when the schedule comes out, you'll see that on the third. So, you know, those are those are things that just seem to change all the time, and, and it's, it's tough to tough to swallow sometimes, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the times we're living in. Coach, do you anticipate the season will start on the same date it was originally scheduled to start? And a second part of this question – uh, any decision been made yet on on what kind of crowds will be allowed in? I do expect it to open on February the 19th. There's not been one time that I've heard anybody from our conference or anybody else's conference talk about that date being changed. Now, I know there has been in the baseball media circle of, of moving it back, but now there is a couple of conferences, I should say, uh, that has determined that they won't start until in March sometime. But as far as a universal start date for everybody in Division One, it remains February the 19th. And at that time, that's when we'll open up at, at the peak. So, um, you know, I, f- I feel good about that. What was the second part? Uh, crowds. Uh, any, any thought? Oh, I have that... not. No, I haven't heard. You know, I'm sure that the governor will play a big part in that because each state is kind of responsible for what their uh, percentage is, just like it was in football. And Mississippi was different than some of the other states for football. So mm. uh, I'm sure with, uh, with when he comes out with that, that'll probably dictate what we're able to do. All right, Coach, I won't ask you to stay for a whole nother segment, but if you could hang on for just about a three-minute break. I had a couple of more questions uh, I wanted to ask you that I've uh, kind of been presented to me and, and okay. been, been asked to to field with you the next time uh, we have you on the show. So we'll okay. hang on through the break. Uh, Coach Scott Berry will rejoin us in the second segment. The Eagle Hour will continue in three and a half minutes. Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. 
Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net on Hardy Street and online, of course. The manager of Campus Bookmark is going to be on the show Wednesday, so she'll be filling us in on all the new Southern Miss baseball apparel they have in stock. And I understand they got some good-looking stuff. And, uh, boy, we're just around the corner. And that's why we have head coach uh, Scott Berry on the show right now. Coach, I don't need to tell you how – how much uh, we all look forward to baseball, more so probably this year than ever since we uh, had such a shortened season last year. Uh, I know Luke's probably had the same question. I've had the same question asked of me a lot. When do you think we will be able to get a gander at the baseball schedule? I would think probably, let's see, today's the 11th. Uh, certainly... Uh, you know, I think within the next two weeks, I think things will really kind of settle down. There's there's a couple of non-conference opponents that uh, are still waiting for their conference to decide what they're going to do, uh, and they're very good opponents, the ones that I'm excited about, and they're, they're coming to the peak. So, you know, the conference schedule is intact. I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer. That's not going to change any there, but... It's the non-conference uh, are the ones that are, are still in limbo just a little bit. But I would say within the next couple of weeks. Are there any conference any conference games that we normally see on our schedule every year, any schools in particular, that may be off the schedule because of the COVID change? Well, we went into, you know, we're going to two divisions this year. Uh, we've got a uh, Eastern Division and a Western Division. Obviously, we're in the Western Division which is ourselves, La Tech, UTSA, UAB, uh, Rice, and Middle Tennessee. So we will all play each other, and you have one common opponent so that everybody plays home and home. So what I'm telling you is La Tech is our common opponent on our side. So we'll play them eight times. We'll play them four at our place and then four at their place. UTSA's common opponent is Rice. So they'll each play eight times, and then Middle Tennessee and uh, UAB are common opponents. They'll play each other uh, eight times. And then you have two from the other division that you play, and ours happen to be Western Kentucky that will be coming to our place, and then we travel to FAU to play them uh, there the next to last weekend of of the year. Well, I'll have to say, from a fan perspective, I'm glad to hear that FAU remains on that schedule. I think that's a great rivalry, and and we have great respect for those folks over there. I know you do, too. Well, I do. Uh, They do it the right way. John McCormick's one of my really good friends in in conference. Uh, We talk almost uh, twice a week, and uh, he does it right. It's always fun to compete against his team. No question. And eight games against Tech, huh? Something, something exciting is bound to happen there, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You're right. Probably will. All right, Luke, you have anything else for Coach Barry before we let him go? Yeah, Coach, last question. Uh, we had Oz on uh, about a month ago, and we were joking about how many pitchers he had, 21. And I guess the bigger picture for you, 39 guys on this roster, Coach, what's the biggest challenge? Well, you know, I think we did a great job in the fall identifying roles that each player can play and, and, and if they can play multiple roles, which are which is very important in, uh, in trying to win baseball games. You know, I think uh, – you know, on 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 the surface, you go well, trying to keep everybody happy. 
but you know you can't keep everybody happy. I mean, what you do is is you keep try to keep everybody focused so that they are uh, they're 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 ready to contribute when called upon, and that's going to be our biggest challenge. We've got a lot of depth. We've got a lot of new young talent uh, that that we feel like is exciting, and we've got a lot of pieces that we can use. But we also know that everybody across the country has the same. Same type of teams as well. All those that, that are they had last year that are that are back, and plus all the new guys with it. So, you know, it's just probably uh, just just being able to learn to play as a team and play together. Thirty nine means that you know we have more than we normally do to keep happy. So that's the challenge. <laughs> Coach, always great having you on the Eagle Hour. You know how how much we love the baseball program, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again really soon. Well, I always appreciate y'all having us on. Coach Scott Berry, everybody, head baseball coach, Southern Miss. How about that, Luke? Eight games against Louisiana Tech. Wow. Something's bound to happen. Well, yeah, what that means is we'll have – what's crazy, okay, so FAU will be there. We got La Tech for eight games. Rice is on there. So we don't dodge anybody this year. I mean, you get get, uh, – Two less series, and yet you've got to play everybody. You know, you you probably won't get a single weekend. Um, maybe UTEP, uh, but you you may you won't get a single weekend where you can just you know blow through there. So the the, the deal with the four games, I you know we were questioning and talking about all the arms, especially the the starting arms. When you think about Best uh, and and Boyd, probably be thrown in the mix too, and and talking about uh, see what they do with Stanley. But you know who your your top three is going to be: Powell, Shepard, and and Etheridge. When you look at those other two. You've got four legit starters going into a, a four-game weekend. I, there, there's very few schools that, that would have that. You would uh, think about the times uh, in the last few years, Bob, where Sunday was basically a yeah. for some teams was yeah. a you know the whole uh, Johnny Staff you know throwing them out there. And so yeah. I think it does play well for the Eagles, and you, you're going to see a lot of guys uh, in the mix, I believe. And double headers every Saturday. That's something else. And you talk about it's, the schedule. You were right, and. Had it not been for COVID, he wanted to throw Florida State in there on top of that. So. <laughs> well, we had heard early on that there were going to be the opening weekends. There was going to be at least two, maybe three regional teams, and uh, you know it seems like we may have still hold on to one of those. But yeah, you go down to Tallahassee for a non-conference, and I think that I mean that's where Southern Miss is now. I mean, it, we're we're not scheduling these these people just to put them on our schedule. I mean, it's because our baseball program is uh, is respected nationally. And, uh, and, and we believe we can go in there and win a series when we schedule these people. Right. And, um, you just look at what we've done in the regionals the last few years. So certainly. And, and what I love about this team is a great mix. Think about all the guys that are still going to be freshmen. Fishinor is still going to be a freshman. Dustin Dickerson is still going to be a freshman. Etheridge is going to still be a freshman. You got, you got the sophomores that are still freshmen. You got all this great. Uh, young blood coming in with Slade Wilkes and some of those guys. And then you got the vets, man. You got Walker Powell. I mean, you got Gabe Montenegro. Um, Shepard, you know, you feel like uh, he's still a young guy, but he, he's a vet. And you got all these guys out there. Danny Lynch, I mean, he's a sneaky veteran. Third year and still going to be a sophomore. You feel like there's so much there. Uh, such a good mix. And, and again, it, it may be you're thankful for the veterans because maybe they can forge some of the chemistry and, and continue it. But, man, you just feel like uh, there's not very many weaknesses in this uh, 2021 squad. Right. And, of course, it's not going to be played. The Florida State Series, as Coach Barry said, 
Southern Miss wasn't scheduling Florida State as they might do in football for money. They were scheduling Florida State to go down there and compete and, uh, you know, have a chance of – a good chance of, uh, of of competing for three games and possibly coming away uh, with the series win. You're right, Luke. That that's a, that's a heck of a statement as to where Southern Miss baseball is. You know, he told us off-air 300 Division I baseball programs – and you're ranked 29th out of 300 before you've played a game, uh, that's called respect. And uh, it's been well earned by Scott Berry and his staff. And what we'll have to wait and see, uh, of course, uh, I think everybody's anxious to see that schedule simply because you, you want to see Ole Miss and Mississippi State on there and, you know, just – Southern Miss fans, don't be disappointed if one of those schools or, you know, both of those schools aren't on there. Um, and, and it would just be because the juggling stuff comes up and, and it, and it all depends on where those games were going to be in the schedule, Bob. You know, That's I mean, right. if you've got, if you were going to play Ole Miss in between Rice and Louisiana Tech or Rice and, and Florida Atlantic, you can't put your baseball team in that situation because the, as much as you want to play Ole Miss, as much as you want to play Mississippi State, those four games against the other schools mean so much more to you. So maybe, I mean, cross your fingers, you never know what the final schedule will look like, but that'll, I'll be anxious to see uh, if, if one or both of those teams are on the final schedule. I can't imagine now, now that we know how they're going to format the conference schedule, you just can't imagine a better year, Luke, to be better prepared for that than – on paper, it appears the Golden Eagles are from a pitching standpoint this year. And the the aspect of, of the pitching is somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to pull a hammy early on. Somebody's going to have arm stiffness. Somebody's going to have shoulder irritation. And you know, hopefully nobody has any elbow problems whatsoever. But there's going to be a time, when you look at this roster, you've got 18 hitters and you've got 21 pitchers. That, that's where you want to be. I mean, the, you want to have uh, multiple options at any point in the game. It's almost like the the Will Hall philosophy, you know, in football. Balance is not so many plays here, so many plays there. It's being able to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Baseball is a little different. I get that. At the same token, um, Ostrander's going to have so many options coming in and out of the pen. He's going to have so many options on the hill. And and what's great about that of the of the starters that we've listed, there's there's possible two or three lefties in play. So it's not just a, a right-dominated, uh, you know, p- potential rotation. Your, your top three arms, obviously, righties, but you can work some lefties in there, and that's been that, that's really needed in the college game. All right, we're about five weeks away from the opening pitch, people. So just hang in there, man. It's uh, just right around the corner. Uh, what we think is going to be a dynamic and very exciting Southern Miss baseball team. When we come back, tough weekend for basketball, men and women's basketball in more than one way, and we'll discuss that next. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Always appreciate head coach Scott Berry of Southern Miss Baseball for joining us. And uh, during the season, he will join us weekly. Thankful 
for him and his leadership. Five weeks, guys. Five weeks. Yep. Can't until wait. baseball season. Can't wait. It's coming. Maybe you got snow where you are in the Eagle Hour, uh, where you're listening to the Eagle Hour today. Downtown Laurel, it was just rainy. I think that's what they got down uh, with Bob in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Wherever you're listening to the Eagle Hour today, thankful to have you along. Third segment brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. There's a national championship game in college football going on tonight. Alabama, Ohio State. And it will be on at 4th Street. 4th Street also uh, today had a lunch special, a super deluxe grilled cheese with bacon and hot tomato soup. I'm telling you, they they serve it up every single day. You never know. Uh, sometimes they throw the specials out there. But you can always go on their Facebook page and get the menu for today's 8.95 lunch special. Uh, but if uh, you venture out tonight, go over to 4th Street Bar and Grill, watch the national championship. It will uh, be a great time over there. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Sander now join us on the phone as we uh, talk basketball men and women's uh, this segment. Um, some some real sad news coming out, some tough news coming out from Southern Miss uh, women's basketball. Joy Lee McNellis announcing uh, before the game this weekend that she has uh, been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Um, Kelly, she has fought this uh, off uh, one time before, uh, but it's just a, a very difficult situation. It seems like the men in the women basketball teams, uh, which kind of in shock a lot of us, uh, a lot of Southern Miss fans in shock. Uh, but Coach McNell is pretty inspirational in, in the post game uh, after the game Saturday. And you know, she also, you know, after after she was making progress with you know her her prognosis, then then COVID hit her. You know, so that that compounded you know the issue, and then um, then it looked like she was getting over COVID, but she never really quite quote-unquote, got over COVID, and just she just wasn't feeling well. And, and you know, and I, I personally was just kind of thinking to myself, hmm, I wonder if there's something not more going on there. You know, and, of course, she didn't think too much of it, but but did did give it a thought. Uh, and then, of course, she was very, um, you know, forthcoming with that information, which she didn't have to, which she didn't have to divulge, certainly. Um, but I think Joy Lee has always understood that part of her job as a head coach of a major university is that she is a public figure, and that, like it or not, um, you know, the general public feels like you know coaches are part of their families, and she's also a person of faith. And and um, of course, a lot of a lot of us consider ourselves you know Christians and want to help uh, help pray her through this, whatever God's will is. Um, but no, it's it's um, the diagnosis is, is not 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 a good one. Um, but she's she's always been a fighter. I mean, that's that's one thing that that's one word that everybody describes Joy Lee as is, is a fighter. Whether it was as a player, as a coach, and and now as a patient. So uh, one thing one thing's for sure, um, she'll she'll fight regardless of what the result might be. Let me say this one thing about Joy Lee McNellis. Uh, a lot of people can be fans uh, of a basketball program or an athletics program and not ever get the opportunity to get to know personally the coach. We've been very fortunate here uh, right. that we know her personally. And uh, I, I will say this without reservation and not because she's ill. She is one of the kindest, best people I have ever met in my life. She just bubbles with personality and kindness and I think that'll carry her a long way in this battle. 
and I know I'm sure I'm sure as heck in her corner, and everybody that knows her is. And uh, Kelly, I'm sure you agree. You can't know, you can't get to know Joy Lee McNellis without loving Joy Lee McNellis. Agreed, Bob. And and the way that she's the way that she's uh, you know approaching this is you know it's just well the the Lord is is the great healer, and um, and you know if there's anybody that can can uh, help her through this, it, it is certainly his his healing hand, and. Uh, However, Lord wants to handle it. She's ready to accept it. Right. So, and that's that's a real sign of true faith is to is to truly, you know, leave it up to Him and that His will be done. So, um, right. if she's listening, you know, I know that there's a lot of people in the Golden Eagle Nation um, that will be lifting her up in prayer and and sending those her way. Absolutely, yeah, sure. So, uh, Lady Eagles uh, this weekend uh, dropped two games to UAB on Friday, eighty-five sixty-three on Saturday, eighty-four sixty-five. Uh, you know, some some positives to take away. Talked about Brakela Gray's local uh, girl from uh, West Jones High School in the game uh, Saturday. Man, eighteen points as a true freshman starting. Uh, Coach McNell is playing a, a lot of ladies in there. Kelsey Jones with uh, twelve points. Lady Eagles actually um, in in that one uh, were trailing about two at halftime, and then UAB had a huge third quarter and, and broke away. Uh, the other game, uh, Allie Kennedy led the way for uh, Southern Miss in 37 minutes, scored 13 points. Lady Eagles fall to two and four on the year, uh, or zero and four in conference USA. Uh, they will play this coming Friday and Saturday on the road at Middle Tennessee. So, uh, good luck to the Lady Eagles, and our prayers, of course, with. Coach Joy Lee McNellis. On the men's side, um, Kelly, you know, it was a, a game where Golden Eagles <sighs> down nine in the Friday game, um, play the second half pretty close. You lose by 12. But I'll tell you what, man, Saturday, again, the Golden Eagles played well. They hung in there. And I think UAB, one of the better teams in the conference, and I was reading some uh, stuff on social media, a lot of UAB, um, a lot of UAB fans thought that Southern Miss had vastly improved uh, from from last year. And, you know, you look at what Tyler Stevenson did, 18 points on Saturday. DeAndre Pinckney, I think his biggest of the year, uh, 15 points. So the Golden Eagles are, are spreading uh, the wealth around a little bit, but they just it seemed as if they got in these cold spells and turned the ball over and UAB would get six to eight points and Golden Eagles couldn't come back to, uh, to conquer that. And I think all of Pinckney's points were on the three-point shots. You know, he'd, he'd find that uh, that perimeter shot, you know, just beyond the three-point arc, and he'd make them. And they had a chance, you know, on, on Saturday. They had a chance to tie the game or even win it. You know, Coach Ladner had a choice there. The Eagles had the ball with about 11 seconds left to go, down by two. So they call timeout, you know, and, and call that final play, and they kind of run it down the far sideline, and then they're going to throw it uh, deep on the baseline to the other side and maybe hit that three-point shot in the corner. But it went off the fingertips of, of one of the Eagles, causing another, another turnover. And that's, man, the turnovers. In fact, I was looking um, and researching today's show. The turnovers, there's about 350 teams in Division One. Southern Miss is 258th in turnovers, uh, which is something they're, you know, they're not good enough yet uh, to be able to, to turn the ball over that many times and not have it hurt them. But they did battle back in, that, uh, in the second half of Saturday's game. And had a chance to win it if they would have drained that three point shot. But um, thirty you know, UAB thirty two points UAB had off off turnovers um, this weekend in both games. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you don't look at any other statistic, you know, just look at that. But they they did shoot better, and of course UAB is projected to be 
you know, one of the top teams in the league. In fact, in the latest Massey ratings, UAB is ranked third. And the Eagles hung with them, you know. So I, I think it's going to be gut check this coming Saturday. The Eagles have got the Blue Raiders coming to town for a, for a Friday-Saturday doubleheader. And, look, Middle Tennessee is uh, in the Massey ratings. Southern Miss is still listed last, but Middle Tennessee is only about three spots ahead of them. So this is a team, according to the Massey ratings, are very evenly, very evenly matched. And if the Eagles can get a couple of, you know, wins under their belt, confidence means everything, you know. And, man, if they can just take a little bit better care of the basketball, you know, um, I, I know if it's a, it's a really big word, even though it's two letters long. But that's something they'll have to work on. Of course, Thursday's show here on the Eagle Hour, we'll have assistant coach Richard Williams. Um, he's scheduled to appear, so we can talk a little bit more about that as they prepare for Middle Tennessee. But they've got to gotta take better care of the basketball. Yeah, they, you know, UAB had missed a shot. You'd think, okay. Come back down here, hit a shot, get within you know six. Well, then the Eagles would turn it back over again, you know. So it's just it, it was tough, but they're battling and getting better. Uh, it's just gonna gonna take a little more time. Well, you're right, Kelly. UAB is the best team in the league at least right now. They're nine and one on the season. They lead the West. Rice in second place at nine and three. Louisiana Tech is nine and four. Then you have UTEP, USM, Texas, San Antonio in the East. Old Dominion's leading the pack. Seven and three. Western Kentucky though looks to be good. They're nine and four. Florida International is eight and four. Marshall seven and two. And you've got Charlotte, Middle Tennessee, and uh, Florida Atlantic. So a um, lot, a lot of basketball left to play. Yeah, and we've talked about how the, how the Massey ratings are, are are giving a lot more credibility to Conference USA in basketball than they did in football. In football, Conference USA was ranked as if uh, if not the worst college football conference in the country. Uh, one of the bottom two, and of the of the twenty basketball conferences in Division One, Conference USA is ranked thirteenth. Uh, so you know, getting a little more love. But again, we go back to this whole Power Five thing and how they control everything. It's not going to matter, you know, where the conference ranks in the Massey ratings. The NCAA tournament's only going to give one team from Conference USA uh, a bid to the tournament, and they'll probably be a you know a fourteen seed or you know something like that. So. Um, even though those numbers seem encouraging, bottom line is, is how many teams do you get in the tournament, and it's only going to be one. Right. So. Lots to talk to Richard Williams about this week. That'll be exciting. Tell you real quickly, Kelly, my son was, uh, I think, 12 when Eric Dampier was playing at Mississippi State, and Morgan went to a Richard Williams basketball camp and called me one night really excited. He had just beaten Eric Dampier in a game of horse. So you know that uh, you know that was quite a competition. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure Eric Dampier was trying his hardest too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of the Eagle Hour today brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg down in West Hattiesburg slash Oak Grove on Highway 98. Was out visiting uh, my brother and sister-in-law Saturday and drove by Toyota Hattiesburg. Massive lot, massive inventory. You can drive by it and kind of get overwhelmed, and that's why you got ToyotaHattiesburg.com there for you. Go on to the website, search the entire inventory, get you some uh, cars picked out to go test drive, and then go see them on Highway 98 
in Hattiesburg. Toyota Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg in beautiful downtown Laurel. Kelly Sander on the phone with us. Guys, uh, some breaking news this hour as we uh, shift to uh, talk NFL playoffs. The Philadelphia Eagles have changed course and fired head coach Doug Peterson just three years after he won a Super Bowl title with the Philadelphia Eagles. Bob, you're an NFC East guy. Kind of surprised to hear that? I'm real surprised. And I mean, at what point do you, what point do you prove yourself? You know, you're two seasons removed from winning the Super Bowl, and you're fired. I mean, in, in a COVID year. I, I, we talked about this early in the season, guys. I just don't know how you make any judgment about any coach in football this year with everything they had to deal with with COVID-19. So, yes, look, I was, I'm was i surprised to hear that. That's why I always – I have always, for all the coaches who have always asked me, they say, why should I coach the Bengals? And I said, because you will never get fired after winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> That's exactly right. Or even playing in one for that matter. <laughs> right. I mean, you, you know, that'll, that'll be one excuse they can't give you. Oh, you know, yeah, I'm surprised yeah. to hear that. All right. Actually, All right. And review watch, the – Watch, Luke. He's going to wind up with the Jets. Watch. Yeah, they, they've it, already ahead, they've dog. already thrown that rumor out there because the he and the GM have some history. All right, reviewing the NFL playoffs this weekend. I'm going to go through the scores and I'm going to ask you guys a couple questions. Uh, Bills defeat the Colts 27-24. Rams defeat the Seahawks 30 to 10. Buccaneers took down a valiant Washington football team. Proud of them. The Buccaneers win 31-23 on Sunday. Ravens defeated uh, a pretty stagnant Titans team 20 to 13. Hudats beat the Bears 21 to 9 and then the Browns. Kelly Sander was right. The Browns beat the Steelers 48-37. All right, two questions. What was your uh, biggest surprise over the weekend? What was your biggest disappointment? Bob, you're first. Uh, my my biggest surprise was, uh, in all honesty, how competitive uh, the Redskins were with Tampa, realizing that Alex Smith didn't play. Uh, I thought they were really competitive, and I don't I don't want, I don't want to whine, but I just thought they got tattooed by the officials. Uh, but I, I, I was what? really surprised what? by that. Yeah, you can't I did. say that. You no. can't talk about the. I rest. know, but I did. Just kid, just uh, I, I, that was uh, that was my biggest surprise. My biggest disappointment was Tennessee. I just thought we'd see a lot more out of the Titans than we did. My biggest surprise and biggest disappointment both both were from the same game. Uh, my biggest surprise was that uh, was that the New Orleans Saints. You know, in that in that game against Chicago, I would I was surprised that the Saints' defense played as well as it did. And I know that when you don't you don't think about the Bears as being an offensive juggernaut, but when you look at the last four or five games they played, they were averaging over thirty points a game with uh, Mitchell Too Risky or whatever his name is uh, in there in the backfield, and the Saints <laughs> the Saints shut them down to like nine points. And my biggest disappointment was Drew Brees. You guys, I for the first time in his career, I thought, my opinion, but I thought Drew Brees looked scared yesterday. I thought he, I thought he, he was pulling the trigger really early on some passes. For the first time in his career that I've seen, he looks like he's afraid to get hit. And look, I don't, I don't blame him. Those guys are continue to be twenty two and twenty three years old. They're bigger, faster, stronger, and he's he's getting older and older. And of course, hurt his ribs earlier in the year. But he looks scared Kelly. to me, and I'm worried. Kelly. 
Right. If Khalil Mack was talking smack to you pre-snap <laughs> and was coming after you, what would your response be? No, no, I, 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 that's what I was just saying. I, I don't blame him, but I'm saying it's disappointing. You know, um, I think part that. of it was their their game plan was to get the ball out quick. And when it Drew, you know, in his facial expressions, he always looks halfway worried. And I think that's just I'm not I'm not dismissing what you said. I just I think when he's dialed in, a lot of times his body language doesn't give that all. And and due to the nature of the Bears' uh, rush yesterday, he was having to get the ball out pretty quick. I, I was uh, I was kind of surprised at how the Bills let the Colts back in the game, even though the Colts are good. And, you know, if that's Phillip Rivers' last game, you know, he, he brought them back uh, towards the end. And then I got to give props to the Cleveland Browns, man. I mean, right. that, you, you you come out and you scorch the the Steelers for four straight touchdowns. And, and Kelly, in honor of you, we were going to share this with our listeners. We were going to analyze and discuss uh, the first play of the game. Uh, the, the snap that occurred with Roethlisberger, we figured it would be over people's heads, so we didn't get into that anyway. Um, it so, couldn't happen to a, bu- a nice, a nicer bunch of guys either than the Steelers. I don't, I don't hear any Steelers fans couldn't. today. What, where are you? We don't, yeah. we don't hear them. They're, they're not yeah. there. All right, real quick. Tonight, national championship: Ohio State against Alabama. Bama's a nine-point favorite. Seven p.m. kickoff on ESPN. Bob, who you got? Uh, sleepy, sleepy, but Alabama wins easy. Roll Tide. Kelly. Yeah, I think they will. I just want Ohio State to keep it semi-close. But Byron Young from West Jones, going to get him some sacks tonight. Uh, Bob, yeah, I'm taking Bama too. All right, that wraps us up today. We'll be talking a lot of NFL stuff, and I got some great guests lined up. Bud Holmes was scheduled to be on the show today. Some court stuff came up. We're going to reschedule Bud, get him on one day this week, and hopefully bring you a good week of exciting and fun Southern Miss sports talk. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.